Hi, and welcome to the Paint and Bread Quarterly Slush Pile. Um, super exciting today because we're all in the room together. Yay! <laughs> um, loyal listeners will know that I've been disappointed that we're in my office instead of the sound studio and it makes it worse today because when we're in the sound studio I can hold Marion's hand and now she's across the table from me and we can't tickle each other and we can't tickle each other during the episode but at least we're together um so you're going to hear that a few times if you're a loyal listener because we're going to we're on a marathon day we're going to try to do several podcasts at once um and we're very excited and it's all poetry all the time and um yeah so we're ready to go should we do an introduction let's do an introduction anyway even though we're together right clockwise or counterclockwise and which way is the clock i'm gonna speak my name is marion wren and i'm thrilled to be sitting in kathleen's blue office um with our colleagues and uh, I, I'm visiting from Abu Dhabi, where I direct the writing program for New York University in Abu Dhabi. And to my right is Amber, who's here as our podcast producer. Yeah. Yourself, right? Yeah. And next to Amber, Cherie. <laughs> Hi, guys. It's Cherie DeVos. Um, and I am the co-op for the Director Publishing Group in PBQ. Um, I am a junior who studies global things and it's <laughs> <laughs> and i've been teaching the drexel for about five years and i've been reading with the enterprise quarterly for about four years and i am the author of a short story collection called hypothermia and a new forthcoming collection called go home and cry for yourselves which will be out this fall with the xavier review press woohoo so exciting. Yeah, I got thrown off my game completely because you were here. We didn't introduce anybody. Yeah, isn't that funny? You know, like, uh, yeah, Marion's always in a different time zone. And now I know for a fact she's drinking coffee because we got <laughs> it on our way in. Um, so so um, the eye that keeps uh, dominating and screwing up is Kathleen Volkmiller. Hi. Um, I direct the publishing program here at Drexel. And... Um, and you know, yeah, that's about it. All right, and editor of PBQ, and I write, and um, that's the biggest understatement ever. Daydream, yeah, about it. All right. Uh, okay, so let's jump in. We have uh, we're going to start off today with two poems from Alana Folsom, and um, the first one is called Anatomy of a Dream. As most of you, I hope by now, are loyal listeners, you know that you can see this poem on our uh, website, pbqmag.org. And the reason I'm talking about that is it's set up, it's set up pretty funky. Mm-hmm. It's uh, wide. There's lots of air in it. Um, spaces inside the lines. Yeah, it's, it's a complicated, visually complicated uh, poem, but uh, we're now going to read it to you. Yes, and can I read it? Because yeah, as I was sitting, I know here, where you want to read it. It slid across my lap and sort of <laughs> flew away, which is oddly apt given what this poem is about. <laughs> um, so, Alana Folsom, Anatomy of a Dream. Sorry, I just got your joke too wide. <laughs> right. uh, Anatomy of a Dream. After I send you the picture of my naked body, I dream my nipples are bird beaks. They remain shut, small, pointed things. Then they grow like flying noses, grow like hardening dicks. In flight, hummingbirds look like matches. 
at the base of their long bill, a throaty blaze in flight. Hummingbirds sound like matches, perpetually lighting. Perhaps my nipples are matches, pink and flaming and waiting to spark. Perhaps my nipples are hungry, winging matches. Thank you. So there you go. Discuss. <laughs> I like, I, I've never thought about erect nipples being like erect, erect penises. That the same thing happens. Have you? Sure. Hardening body parts? Yeah. Didn't we have that big fight like 30 years ago with a poet about the flesh of a nipple and the flesh of... No. Well, the fight was about clitorises and penises. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know... The, the famous poet <laughs> could not believe that they were the same thing at a certain embryonic point uh-huh. and was furious at me. Furious, like throwing things at a restaurant, furious. And I kid you not. True. True story. True story. Uh, uh, no, what I was, no, this, I'm not talking about the flesh, but the, the actual hardening. Yeah. I never really even thought about that, I don't think. <laughs> so that's, that's fun and interesting to think about, as is the hummingbirds looking like matches. And then that phrase, a throaty blaze. Mm-hmm. I like that phrase a lot. Mm-hmm. I like the triangulation, right? So, right. So it's like nipple to match to, to birds, to matches, to boobs as matches, right? Like the, the sort of the trifecta at the end there, like mm-hmm. pulling together um, the way the poet integrates those images, I think is pretty astounding. Anatomy of a dream is, is like, um, a simpler title for this than what we get. Do you know what I mean? Anatomy of a Dream sounds like um, a college film title. Right, isn't that that really mean? (laughs) Painting or it is like, is Amaya, Amaya, oh, who's the famous female filmmaker, Maya Darren? And it's something about, I thought it was like Anatomy of a Dream. That's worth a Google. I'll I'll get that figured out in a moment. Anyway, I wonder if the um, the lying noses and the hardening dicks are kind of for me they're a little bit distracting because the lying noses if when I think of something that grows it's the first thing and then the hardening dicks is a little bit distracting because those images one image I'm sick of and the other image I feel like is a powerful image in a way. Well, it's also kind of cliche too. She's someone seeing things that grow. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's so there's such common images that they kind of get in the way of some other uncommon images. Like when you get to the hummingbirds, sound like matches and perpetually lighting. Mm-hmm. Nipples as matches. To me, the nipples as matches are a little more interesting because I've never thought of it that way, and I can get into some other mm-hmm. headspace that is a little more surreal. I'm not crazy about surrealism and surreal poems, but I know that that's my hang up and I'm not going to hold it against the poem. Mm-hmm. 
but I will get a little distracted by things that I'm sick of. I mean, surrealist anything with images that are common completely shatter the yeah. illusion. Yeah. So, so um, it's, in listening to you talk to, I think I was thinking of it's Maya Darren's Meshes of the Afternoon. That's the film, and yeah. it's a surrealist film, right? right? And so, in a way, I think that's the structural appeal of the poem to me is the way she, the poet's moving from image to image to get yeah. to this, you know, um, conflation, right, of breast and hummingbird and match or nipple, nipple hummingbird match. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I, I nipple hummingbird match. I, I have no problem with it at all. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of nipples in the poem and that's, yeah, the word nipple gets repeated a lot. Yeah, mm-hmm. if, there's, if there's any way to mix that up a little bit, mm-hmm. it would be nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, or if there's another way to phrase hardening dick, you know, if you, there's some other, you know, some other way of getting that image without, that's kind of easy language there. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not the image that, I mind it's the uh, easiness. Okay, I know lying nose seems like you could pick something out. It seems like anything would work for lying noses. Anything that grows would right. work. Right. Except mm-hmm. for that. Because that's yeah. But I, I think there's also the, the one thing I would defend for, for just those um those images and the way they're laid, laid, laid out on the page is you go like lying noses, line break, indent, growing like hard dicks, big space in flight. Right. So yeah. you're sort of like holding back on the inflate makes the hardening dick very funny. Right. Like mm. it's not just a hardening dick. It's like dicks in flight. It's kind of funny. Right. You know, which so when I first read the poem, I was surprised at the sense of humor in this, too. Right. Like I thought it was going to be this sort of like, you know, statement of nipples and empowerment. <laughs> you know, it is that, but it's also hummingbirds and dicks in flight. It's kind of fun. So anyway. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm sorry, I'm reading it completely differently. <laughs> the in flight has that capital letter. In flight, hummingbirds look, look like, like matches, matches, right? Yeah. The dicks were not in flight for me. Yeah, they remain shut, small pointed things, and they grow <laughs> like lying noses, growing like yeah. hardening dicks. Right. And even I, as I read it that way, that big space is in flight, hummingbirds look like matches. But it sits on the same right, line. Right. So you could get you the, could. You get a little you joke could. in there if you if you read it, the one. Right, not the other. And don't people light matches and why do people fling matches? That's a thing, right? That's a thing. I think little children as pyromaniacs do that, right? Like they shoot shoot matches, right? (laughs) Okay, must have been the Florida years. Um, Okay, well, let's talk about the spacing for a second, too. What does the spacing do or not do? For the poem, is that another distraction? I kind of like Tim's word. Maybe like, like my first comment was, I liked all of these comparisons, but they're all they're so not. You don't think of hummingbirds when you think of nipples or dicks, right? And the nipples are really the most prevalent image. I guess the nipples in them, but nipples as matches, I'm still not getting. Even reading this, talking about it, mm-hmm. nipples as matches. I love perhaps my nipples are are perhaps my nipples are matches pink and flaming and waiting to spark. Mm-hmm. So metaphorically I get it. 
but visually, not happening. Visually, nipples as matches, no. Okay. For me, metaphorically, I love that line. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of. Do hummingbirds look like matches? I'm trying to get that too. Well, right? I think because aren't they uh, right at the tip? And then they're dark. They're long bill. Yeah, they've got long bill, so they look like matches. I guess I'm thinking of the shape too. So, like more instead of like. Right, but you know, humming. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I think that's what it is. Like, you see them pretty close up. I used to see them outside my. My grandmother had a bird feeder for humming. Sure. She never saw them, but every time I washed the dishes, they're always out there. Wow. Yeah. But you know, when they're hovering, when they're hovering and eating, they don't look like a match. When they fly, I think they're sharper, more pointed things. Yeah, because they kind of dart. Right. Mm -hmm. It's not my, it would be a go to image. But when I saw it, I didn't think matches. Mm -hmm. No. I I can get there. I'm I'm not going to put up too much of a fuss. Right. It's not the first. But it's also, okay, and that's the risk of metaphor too. It's like when you put two dissimilar things together, the metaphor works when you're like, oh, holy shit, that's right. And it makes your brain, what is it? Um, Ann Carson says, like a metaphor makes your brain feel like it's in the process of making a mistake, right? Like, so your brain is going, no, whoa, shit, that's right. And then once it's right, it's forever that way, right? My brain doesn't quite have that feeling on hummingbirds as matches. Like, it's cool, but my my synapses don't go, what the? Yeah, I want to be talked into it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right. I guess that's what I was saying about the nipples. I don't see nipples as matches, Mm -hmm. and I have to work really hard to see hummingbirds as matches. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, shall we? Yeah. Okay. Unless there's more to say about hummingbirds and matches and Rusticles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think you were about to start talking about spacing, though. Oh, yeah. 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 I was asking what it does or doesn't do as another distraction. I never really got an answer on that from anybody. I don't know. It does cause things like interpretation to be very different or how one reads it, right? Um, it, did it you have thoughts? Little, I think it was a little distracting at first, but I guess like. Going back to the title, it's supposed to be somewhat dreamlike, and you know how mm-hmm. dreams are sometimes they're spotty and they don't really make sense. Mm-hmm. So to me, like the structure sure. doesn't make a lot of sense. But when I think of it as um, relating to the title, it kind of, I guess, does something more. Mm-hmm. But then also, I guess like the the images and and, and the the metaphor and everything, they're supposed to be like a dream in the sense that they don't always make sense. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure if that if that makes sense. Yeah, no. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, that's what the the structure kind of um, said to me that it's supposed to be more like a dream and not just like stating different things like my nipples are like this when they're um, hardened or like erections and things like that. But um, all of the like spottiness, I guess, is first um, is supposed to be like. The experience of a dream and like when you wait they don't always connect mm-hmm. right you get bits and pieces mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, it's meshes right that you get that sort of meshing yeah. but not necessarily a full-on argument maybe I, I feel like some of the things that i don't like about the poem i also don't want to give off the impression that uh i like what the poem is trying to do and that because i feel like um, good is always weird in a way. Mm-hmm. Weird is not always good, but good is always weird. 
whether it's food or music or poems or anything, mm-hmm. there's always some weird element that jars you. And so I I really like none of, none of it is obnoxious. The things that bother me are not obnoxious at all. And I like that they're I like the chances that are being taken. Yeah. I like that chiasmus, right? Good is always weird, but weird is not always good. <laughs> That's so you got so it's like <laughs> there's you know, our episode if title. <laughs> if you're batting 10%, you're doing great. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you just have to write a hundred poems. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, okay, shall we vote? Yeah. All right, let's do it. One, two, three, vote. Okay, anatomy of a dream is not happening. So that that's that's a bit of a disappointment. But we have another one from a what the heck? That sounds like the popo. <laughs> <laughs> the police are here. Busted for we're reading a podcast. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> Not quite in time at all. I got. I got. I got. I got. I can't Some of us knew, a lot of us didn't. Yeah, yeah now we'll let the we'll let the listener yeah. in on the surprise. But yeah, <laughs> reach and grab this. I think. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you gave him. Oh, okay. I gave him what we're about to do. Great, great, great. So you're just in time for the second poem by um, a the same poet, a lot of false But I do have to say this. So you know, we, I, I always love when there's first, and I try to find first. And Jason recently did a podcast where he was driving from right. one place to another. Remember he did it via Bluetooth. Was I, I don't know. Maybe that was one that you that. couldn't be, Yeah. Yeah. That was dangerous. He thought he would be able to pull over. Yeah. And he wasn't. Yeah, so now we have him right here. And I'm a little late. What we will do for art. That's too funny. What we will do. Okay. All right. So. Uh, Alana Folsom, uh, number two, mirroring, mirroring. I study myself and find him in the ridge of my nose, in the rungs of my rib cage. Boys who will never meet him cup and bless my body, tug my damp underwear past the knots of my knees. They don't see him. They don't see anything else besides me. And I am sorry for all this sex so close to my father. But he is within me, even as he withers away. Same flat feet, same bone shapes. As any good daughter would, I hug my father goodbye at his red front door. Try to mean I love you and not don't die before I learn what love is for. Nice reading. Well, yeah. Nice poem. Now, this one is much more um, traditionally formatted than the uh, than the one we just had from Alana. This is a little 
little couplets, little little pairings, mm-hmm. and it's a long and skinny poem. Looks like what an old-fashioned poem used to look like. <laughs> Remember? True, before they got all scratched I used to call them scratch and sniff poems. Well, if I arrange my words like this, that makes it a poem, right? <laughs> No, not this one. I mean, like when when I would be teaching, teaching, teaching the students that just if you arrange your words to look like this, don't make it a poem. There there was a time when the title came after the poem. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a poem in all ways. Um. I love the title. Mm-hmm. And I, I particularly like the surprise of the, of the father and the body. Right. Um, and it's, it's both a surprise and not a surprise. Right. Like, so there's yeah. that kind of delightfulness of, you know, um, the delivery of the expectation that gets set up in those first couple yeah. of couplets. Right. Yeah. Um, looking for your parents in your body, like looking for the trace, your heritage, your ancestry, like in your body is a sort of lovely premise. Absolutely. And then it, the, to me too, I think this sort of like surprise of that erotic moment, right? Like of thinking about sex and parentage and it's all in, in the mix. It's a, a lovely like twist. Yeah. You know? But it's also really organic. Like mm-hmm. because that's what we go right from the top. You know, I study myself and find him in the ridge of my nose. Boys who will never meet him only see me. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just, yeah. And I, I dig it. And I am sorry for all this sex so close to my father is growing up. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, it's aware of what it's doing, right? That's yeah. like this, this little moment of self-knowledge mm-hmm. that brings out the fact that, like, you can't get around the fact that your parents had sex to make you. Right. And yet, right. Your, your sexuality has to be quarantined from your parents' sexuality in this way. Right. That you can never quite keep those boundaries straight. Although, I mean, we certainly know that when those boundaries can cross. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this is this is crossing it in like an okay way. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's like bordering on not okay, but it's still right. I just watched Broad Church. Sorry. Oh, Broad Church. It was like yeah. Twin Peaks for British people. But yeah. Boring. Both seasons. No, just the first, just the first season. Oh. Yeah. Oof, oof, but, but like everyone in that entire show is having underage sex. Like they're like fifteen Pretty people much. who yeah. are like. Oh, yes, well, we met when she was 15. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like a week and a half later, it would have been all right. 11-year-old, that's totally off limits. That's a lot of broadcasts. Right. Yeah. not too new yet. All right. What's so. great? I'm sorry. What's great? Sorry. I'm sorry to bring it back you to the call. But... What I think is also great is, is that line, that, that line that Jason's talking about, I'm sorry for all this sex so close to my father. I love that so much too, because it's, because she's talking about having these same body mm-hmm. parts. Mm-hmm. So like she use, she's using these parts that he gave her for all the sex, you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, I just, I just, I like it. Yeah. Boys who will never meet him. Cherie, Tim, thoughtfulness, space. Yeah, no, this is a sort of a good example, I think, of how um, the the other poem bothered me in ways that uh, were sort of irritating. And this poem has obviously has parts 
that bother me. But they bother me because the things that you don't like. To <laughs> Obviously, because right. I'm you, chimp fit. No, I am. I am talking about <laughs> by the radiant images and then bother. No, you know, no one likes to think about how we look like our parents and all this stuff. <laughs> or at least while we're having right. sex. Right. So, but it's, it's bothering in an interesting way. It's engaging. Is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't like to think about these things. I do. I actually well, really do. I, <laughs> and I like, I, and I really mean that it, because I think the reasons that Jason's saying, like, we're all sexual beings and everybody, just like every marriage is a snowflake. Everybody has different relationships with their parents in this, in this way too. Like mm-hmm. if you're open about talking about sex with your kids or not, or, you know, like all, it's so complicated when it comes right. to well, you wrote parents and children. In the New York Times about having to talk to your daughter about oral sex. Yes. It was a beautiful piece (laughs) because you were putting aside all of your maternal instincts Mm -hmm. to do what you believe was right. Right. It's amazing how much of the backlash from that was like, how dare you? How, how could you do anything else? Oh, right? I mean, what, thank you. And I didn't see it as putting aside my maternal instincts. I wanted my daughter to be mm-hmm. evolved and fulfilled and, you know, right. experience life in all its ways. But I will say every time my parents tried to talk to me about sex, I was just like, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm talking about. Everybody has very complicated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, so I, my, this really resonates with me because my father died when I was very young. So as an adult, like being able to see his reflection in my face is like kind of a ghost story. And to think about his body and my body and sex, it's just fantastic reading this. I will say that the last two lines of the poem, and I, I would love to hear what you think, verge on a kind of sentimentality that makes me kind of cringe a little, right? Don't die before I learn what love is for. It sounds a little like a 70s song lyric oh sorry is that harsh because alana i do love 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 this poem but <laughs> i need people to deal with those last two lines deal i felt that too but i didn't know how to say it oh <laughs> so, okay yeah. so yeah and then she said it yeah i i immediately forgave it you did yeah okay. because she's she's having all of the it makes for me it made perfect sense Mm -hmm. that it was where her head was and not that she was reaching for any kind of sentimentality at all yeah you know just that simple boys in the plural boys Mm -hmm. who will never meet him yep so she's having rather random sex Mm -hmm. or or lots of sex Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. either or both she's not bringing them home to meet her dad Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so she's trying to figure out what it means is, yeah. you know, it, 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 it makes very much, it makes a lot of sense it, for me. You're helping me. Maybe it's not that it verges too much to her sentimentality, but it's just a sincere recognition. Like that, it's just the, sim- the simplest way for her to say that is, is what she's done. Don't die before I learn what love is for. Right. right? I try to mean, I love you. Mm. Like she wants to just love him simply in the mm. ways that she can mm-hmm. and should mm-hmm. air quotes on the should, mm. um, you know, and, but it's still all tied up in who she is as a young woman. Mm-hmm. But it made me feel like the poet was young. Yeah. Because when you get older, you find out love isn't for anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, like there's, there's still this youthful faith that you know. Like, is not and sex is only for no, procreation, no, right? Is that right? No, I, I, but I will say, <laughs> I will say, I thought that there was a, 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 a the images of the 
the um, the damp underwear past the knots of my knees was wonderful for being direct without being either like mm-hmm. slut shaming or right. kind of um, over glorifying sex or over romanticizing right. sex. I thought right. that was like a beautiful kind of like very direct mm-hmm. observational image. But that ending, it just made me feel like the poet was very young mm-hmm. because like you're gonna find out like <laughs> it's not for anything. I can't. Well, I mean, yes and no. I uh, I see what you're saying, but also like, sex without love, you know what I mean, can still be a choice, and that's part of what she's talking about. Well, we gay men make very many, many times a night, and, and as do many others. So, I think that for me, that was part of it too. She's just trying to figure out, is this okay? You know, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think she has to be young. Hmm. To have that thought, mm-hmm. you know, because slut shaming aside, everybody, I think, questions, you know, people. I was listening to the girl who's on um, the woman who makes that great show, Insecure. Yes. And she was talking about the difference between smashing and being in monogamous relationships and how she knows a lot of people who double dutch between the two. <laughs> that was my favorite phrase of the week. That, you know, they go through little periods of, mm. of smashing and then a monogamous relationship or two. And then, you know. And we're going to smash it. I love that. I love that. I never heard that. Oh, yeah. Well, thank God you said that. I'm over here going, it's smashing. Don't I you love it? Well, no, you know. Okay. Contextually, you know. It's yeah. Good, yeah. It's so literally, it. she was on uh, John Oliver last night. Mm-hmm. Or I watched it last night. God knows when it actually <laughs> <laughs> It's 2017. I mean, you know, I don't know. But I watched it just last night. And so I, that's where I think she is, you know? And that... It, Am I supposed to only do this monogamously? But can I just smash? Mm. Well, and also she's dealing with. I mean, clearly her father is dying, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's her father is wasting his body, his, is mm-hmm. revealing its frailty and temporality. Right. Yeah. And one of the things that people tend to do when they're dealing with dead bodies is to have sex yeah. because that's like a celebration of the body. Like her mm-hmm. body is, you know, eating and screwing are like the two great carnal pleasures mm-hmm. that are kind of self-contained within your body that you know you can recreate you don't need a guide for them yeah like you're going to do them on your own yeah yeah so um Cherie, when we when we write about this in our podcast notes which we will <laughs> um, i think that we should really give her credit for helping us um figure out Issa Rae. Let's give her credit, figuring okay. out how to talk about this poem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. I'll give Issa credit. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, shall we vote? I think so. Okay. Let, let's do it. One, two, three, vote. And it's unanimous! <laughs> Woo! Yay! I, <laughs> I only announced the unanimous ones. Thank you so much, Lon Folsom. I'm so happy to have this poem. Thank you. Thank you. And we're going to send it to Issa Ray, and she's going to read it on air. Props. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to build a show around this poem. Props. It it could happen. (laughs) Um, Amber, how long have we been going here? 
Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sarah Stickney's guest. Sure. Next up is Sarah Stickney with a poem called Guest. We actually wanted um, a couple from her and they were published elsewhere. So we're trying to jump on the Sarah Stickney train. Let's see what happens. (laughs) Guest. Staying with friends, I felt embarrassed by my love for them. As if it were a wound that might bleed onto their pale, hand-knotted carpets. Back home, I filled my kitchen with the first daffodils that had been lured by the sky's fetish blue into blooming, and nearly ruined by the late snow that pressed into the windows as if asking to be let inside. I need the sound of fire as much as I need its warmth. I know the loneliness of being among others, a scent like a waltz of the volume. I suspect only egomaniacs like this much solitude, but like me, fire never says enough. Fire, my good dog, my work shirt, everything living holds heat, even the long, cool leaves of plants. Their gestures as subtle as hungry guests moving tentatively in a kitchen. Wind blew in a poem, and then outside all day, as if it were starving flame. Who knows how the wind feels about its job of touching everything, how it lives this omnivorous love, and whether it speaks a word to everything it touches. Nicely read. What a gorgeous reading. Can you just read to me? You should do a podcast or just you reading. Just me reading poems. Just you reading poems. Seven one eight nine three. Well, three delivery. I would fall asleep smiling. Yeah. Do you remember, I think. Think. Do you remember like back in the nineties, we would call to have the Constitution read to you in a sexy voice, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like a woman's voice reading the Constitution sexily to you. Know? Really? Yeah. Listen, we, remind me to tell you guys not on air. Have you, there's a new thing now. It's called bespoke porn. <laughs> bespoke porn. Just use your imaginations. I'll fill you in later. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense in this time. documentary. At the end, they were like, now he makes custom made video wrestling videos for um, clients. And I was like, that's fetish porn. Like, that that's is. not. That is. That's, that's okay. Not, okay. That's so sorry. That was sorry so my bad, that. Sarah. So my bad. We're back. And we're back. Well, okay. But I love that the way that that comes back here too is about this poet sort of like uh, um, confessing to like the, the, the sort of like, you know, the, the pleasures of feeling connected to her friends and simultaneously this sort of like pleasures in the isolation. Like it's, it's doing both sides of that yeah. equation. And there's like a kind of blessing in it, right? Like, yeah, the way an intensity reads, too. And I don't know if it was like, like Jason read it beautifully and it read like a blessing, right? And the way it's sort of unfolding across uh, the page. The line breaks are fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Just reading yes. the choreography mm-hmm. on the page is mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. I need the sound of fire as much as I need its warmth. I know the loneliness of being among others. A sense scent like a waltz at low volume. That's brilliant. What? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's just gorgeous words right there. That's but, a bunch right. of gorgeous words all in a row. But the gorgeous, the gorgeous <laughs> words all in a row get me all tangled up a bit towards the end there, like in the last um, little chunk of the poem. Wind blew in a poem, and then outside all day as if it were a starving flame. Okay. I just think reading a poem. She read a poem that day with wind blowing. 
no, 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 no. And to me, that feels like something about inspiration, like wind blew in a poem. Maybe the one, the very one she's writing. Oh, the and wind then, blew in a poem, and then, and then it, and then it blew it back outside all day, as if it were starving flame, or, or that the wind went outside. I don't know. I get a little that is so little funny. Jacked, and that that turn of the poem jacks me up a little bit. Even when I read it before today. Mm-hmm. I pictured her in this house guesting and reading a poem that had wind and then going oh, out and then feeling the wind at, later the winds outside, right? Licking yeah, about yeah. I totally like a that. flame. Right. Yeah. And it reminds her of the poem yeah. she read earlier. Yeah. So yeah. wind blew in this poem that I read. Right. 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 Wind mm-hmm. blew in a poem and then outside all day. As if it were starving flame, period. Right, uh, right. But that, I, I, what, okay. Who knows how the wind feels about his job? That makes sense, but yes. Staying with friends, I felt embarrassed by my love for them. That's how I feel every time I visit you, Mary. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even lying. No matter where that may be. It's true. I'm embarrassed. I, that's a mutual love. <laughs> there should be I, I feel there's like BBQ BBQ tonight. You're going to have a character like, making faces at you uh, in your house eating market. Sometimes I love you so much, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> and so I told from the first line, I'm already like, Yes. Yes, I know. <laughs> As if it were a wound that might bleed, like that you can physically see, like I'm so pathetically in love with you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? No, I mean, it's a feeling like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you better have that in my house because I give you my satin pajama pants <laughs> to take was, home. I, I slept with <laughs> I love the sun pajamas. My favorite sun pajamas. All right, listeners, this is really hardcore backstage. <laughs> <laughs> references to satin pajama pants. But what you're missing is the look on Tim Fitt's face right now. <laughs> Deep concentration. He has like shut out all this like chatter and is focused in on this poem. But listen, even from the porn, we have fetish blue, the intensity mm-hmm. of this poem, mm-hmm. the passion, like actual passion. Mm-hmm. Right? It, it all does make sense. Like mm-hmm. I think our segues or well, our tangential things actually yeah. make With sense. Early summer is gorgeous. Yeah. Because Absolutely. I mean, flowers, right? I mean, flowers are sex organs. Yeah. Right? When you're looking at flowers, you're looking at like the sex work of the planet. Yeah. And yeah. The, yeah. you know, they were sort of tricked into blooming and yeah. Uh, Lord. Lord by this guy's fetish blue. But I know the loneliness of being among others. Like I almost want to read that as like a kind of like I'm an introvert when I'm among people, but it's also like this double whammy of loving the people you're with so hard there is a an, you're already imagining the loss of them right so you're, yeah. you're in that sort of double space yeah holding on to the moment while you're still in it yeah well, yes. these are crazy hard moves to make right mm-hmm. like i'm going to start by talking about my friends then talk mm-hmm. about flowers and get to the wind mm-hmm. like I mean, and fire don't that get into the fire that could go so south, south, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. it's so perfectly achieved here yeah um, i wonder if the person's friends like them as much as he or she likes them. Oh, I do have that too. You're such a downer. Well, that's why it's embarrassing. That's why it's embarrassing. They need to get on with their life. 
<laughs> somebody <laughs> picking up their time for a little while. And their hand nodded and just tail rug. Which yeah. is a little embarrassing. Yeah. That's what I like about embarrassing. It's yeah. like, you know, I, I like that this person in the poem is caught up in the sentimentality of friendship. But mm-hmm. when you get down to it, eventually they're going to have to start paying back their student loans. Yeah, they can doing the things they need to do that requires so much work in two thousand in the 21st century mm-hmm. that they not they don't have time for this stuff. Mm. You know, it's so. No, I disagree 100. Yeah. percent You're mean. You're cynical. <laughs> it's like the fiction writer. When, yeah. when guests come, everybody's just in love, <laughs> drinking wine, appreciating each other. For goodness sake, the student loans can wait. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a thing much. called deferment. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's what true. there is. That's, that's true. And every person's deferment is a little bit different. Bingo. So yeah. One yeah. person's well, going to fall. Out. <laughs> there's going to be a time. So I guess the art of that comes to her daffodil. But yeah. it's not that she's like these permanent wings there. <laughs> her mind has never left this situation with her this person and their friends but they have they've gone on and when she's at home with her daffodils no way no it's about excess right but she has an excess of feeling for the friends that then she's sort of embarrassed by and concerned about and then there's this kind of excess with the flowers blooming early and the wind is excessive right like the Mm -hmm. touches everything the heat is excessive but like there's so much of it in the world and this kind of like sense of expansiveness that kind of keeps threatening to tip over into too much. Mm. So I, I think that like what you're saying is sort of like already being handled by the poem really delicately. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, just, I think, so too, I think that's what it's about. What I think is also just so wonderfully done is the mix between these things that are more abstract and intense and huge and all the things that we just said. And then the really, specific images like that hand knotted white pale rug uh, their gestures as subtle as hungry guests moving tentatively in a kitchen can't you just see that when you're in somebody else's kitchen and you know they're going oh serve yourself and you know what i mean and and the guests are still like eh, afraid to open the cabinet which one's you know like i see it it's so it's so concrete and so real and i love guest as the uh, title yeah. I suspect Perfect. only egomaniacs like this much solitude, but like me, fire never says enough. And then check this out. Next line, fire my good dog, my work shirt. Like it's so fascinating what she does with that fire, right? Now, love her, beautiful, yeah. sensical, nonsensical, simultaneously. My work it. shirt, fire my good dog, fire my work Damn, shirt. Damn, Sarah Stickney. <laughs> True. What do you think? I just like there's just I don't know like so much to feel that I don't really know how to make sense of it. Mm. Um, so like I'm listening to you guys and like it's just like everything makes sense to me. But like when I'm thinking about this myself, I'm like, what can I say about this? There's just so much that mm-hmm. it's like it's really beautiful. It's really like wonderfully um, crafted. But like trying to think of the words to say about it is mm-hmm. like really a difficult task for me right now. Yeah. You know, because it's like, where do I go first? How do I like how do I feel about this? How do I feel about that? But the imagery is like something that's like really like wow. Yeah. Definitely mm-hmm. wow. Yeah. Um, so I don't 
I wish I had something more, but <laughs> no, that's great. Like, that's great. Like, that sounds like a theory of poetry, like yeah. of good. Like you know, you're in that territory when you're mm-hmm. like, yeah. Well, sort of everyone gets back to this idea that poetry is the unparaphrasable, right? Mm -hmm. Poetry is the thing that if you try to say it in other words, falls apart. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. So that really beautifully. Right. There you go. We have to write that down. um, Can that be our title? No, just the whole sentence. That thing that Jason said. (laughs) (laughs) It reminds me of, um, like, happy when you give, like, instructions to interns and stuff like that of how to read poetry. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if it doesn't feel like it punched you in the gut, then (laughs) what? I just, like, right now, I'm like, I feel like I was, like, punched in the face or something. (laughs) In the (laughs) best way. In the best way. way. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That's the title. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> That's a good title. <laughs> All right. I think we're yeah. probably ready to vote. I'm not yeah. sure, but yeah. 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 Okay. Let's vote. One, two, three. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> and Sarastigny is in. Yay. I doubt there was much dramatic tension there, but um, I'm so happy. Thank you, Sarah. I'm going to read this and read it and read it and make my students just get punched in the face <laughs> until your nipples turn to hump. <laughs> and fly across the room. You missed that poem. <laughs> so what a great episode here. Um, being together, all of us in the same room for the first time ever and reading such extraordinary, yeah. extraordinary work. Um, thank you. Everybody, especially Alana and Alana Folsom and um, Sarah Stickney, mm-hmm. thank you so much. And thank you to all of you. So uh, let's please continue this conversation, listeners, and um, contact us via any social media platform because we're on them all. Woo! Yay. And um, share with your friends and um, keep reading. Thank you very much. <laughs>